Today's episode is brought to you by Bethany House Publishers and Jody Hedlund. In Hudlin's new book, To Tame a Cowboy, Civil War veteran Brody McQuaid finds his purpose saving wild horses from ranchers intent on killing them. Veterinarian Savannah Marshall joins Brody in rescuing the wild creatures, but when her family and the ranchers catch up with them both, they will have to tame their fears if they have any hope of letting love run free. Get 30% off and free shipping at bakerbookhouse.com when you purchase a copy of To Tame a Cowboy. Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Have you ever felt misunderstood, mischaracterized, misrepresented? Few of us feel deeply known all of the time, and some of us have endured seasons of misunderstanding. This is nothing new, but there is hope in the midst of misunderstanding. In the book, The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible, Mary DeMuth looks at 10 biblical women and how they were misunderstood and what we can learn from them today. This inspiring book will remind you that you are not alone, friend. There is always one who understands you perfectly because he created you. Get your copy of The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible today and be transformed by their stories. Well, friends, today we're going to be talking about parenting. Now, being a mom is challenging no matter how long you've been doing it. You might have a newborn, you might have lots of kids running around, or like me, you might have been doing this parenting thing for a really long time. And I know that each of us want to give our best to our family, but pouring out ourselves each day can leave us exhausted, overwhelmed, and feeling like we have nothing to offer. Do you ever feel that way? I know that feeling. I have that feeling pretty much every day. I've been a mom for 33 years. Yes, Corey just turned 33 and I still have an 11 year old at home. That's a lot of parenting and that is many days, many, many days without breaks. Thankfully, I don't have to do that alone. I'm able to find strength and peace in God, who is the one who loves me the most. So we're going to be talking about all this today. Let me tell you a little bit about my guests, Brooke McLaughlin and Stacy Thacker. Now, Brooke is the founder of Million Praying Moms. She's the author of six books, including Unraveled, which we're going to be talking about. Um, she also is the author of Praying Mom, Making Prayer the First and Best Response to Motherhood. She's a wife and mom to two teenage boys. And they make their home in the mountains of Appalachia, calling Southwestern Virginia home. And Stacy 
is also a good friend. Both of these ladies are just sweet, wonderful friends that I've had for many years, and she's the mother of four daughters. She's the author of eight books, including, again, Unraveled, which we're going to be talking about, and Threadbare Prayer, Prayers for Hearts that Feel Hidden, Hurt, or Hopeless. And Stacy currently serves on staff at her church, of which is First Orlando, and she lives with her family in sunny Winter Park, Florida. Now, in this episode, we're going to be talking about how we can find strength and peace in God. So we're going to be talking about inviting God to work in our lives, messiness. We're going to be talking about embracing his heart and purpose for ourselves and our families and how to find joy and freedom when the trials come, because we know they come for all of us. So amidst everyday chaos of motherhood, we're going to talk about letting the power of God's grace transform our weaknesses and shortcomings and become a beautiful portrait of God's glory. Yes, we do not have to do this alone, and I'm so glad. So here we go. Enjoy this conversation with me and Stacy and Brooke as we talk about their new book, Unraveled, and the road from weariness to hope. Well, friends, I am super excited to have my two friends here today, Stacey Thacker and Brooke McLaughlin, and we are talking about their book, Unraveled, Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope. Um, First of all, ladies, welcome. Thank you. Hello, Trisha. I have missed you so much. It's going to be such a great conversation because both of you are amazing. But why don't we just start with each of you telling a little bit about yourself. We'll start with Stacy, and then we'll jump over to Brooke. Well, hello. My name is Stacy Thacker, and I am a wife of, y'all, 28 years this week. Oh, congratulations. I know. It's crazy. Um, So this week, that's our anniversary, and we have four daughters. Um, Our oldest is 22, which still blows me away. And then we have a 19-year-old, a almost 16-year-old, 16-year-old right about now, and a 12-year-old. We live in sunny central Florida. So that's a good thing. And we've been here, oh goodness, 19, a little over 19 years. Um, love, love, love living in Florida. I'm a writer and a speaker. And Brooke and I met, um, we like to tell people we met on Twitter, which is actually where we met you, Trisha. So I think yes. we all kind of met at the same time. And so we are so excited to be here to talk about our newest book. Um, but I have written a few others along the way. Um, and I'm just grateful to be here. Um, I'm a homeschool mom, have been for years. I know there are many of your audience members who are as well. Yes. Um, but you know, it just kind of all mixes up together. I mean, on any given day, it's all happening at the same time. So I understand that's a little that. bit about me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, thank you so much, Trisha. It is is a pleasure. I think one of the things this is Brooke. Um, one of the things that Stacy and I both said before we started recording was, "My goodness, it's been too long since Way we got to talk long. to you. Yes. We just love you, and we love what you do, and we love how God has gifted you." Um, I am a mother of boys. I am the mother of boys to Stacy's mother of girls. <laughs> and um, I have two of them. Uh, they're getting ready to turn 15 and 17, which just blows my mind. I've got a driver, you guys. And <clears throat> excuse me. And I've got another one that is getting ready to get his learner's permit in a few months. And it just, I cannot even believe that I have survived to this stage of life. <laughs> but. Uh, I have. Praise the Lord. All glory to him. I am from southwestern Virginia and the mountains of Appalachia. 
And um, I have been married to my husband, Corey. We actually, we will have been married 20 years this summer. So not quite as long as Stacy and Mike, but still a, a lot of good years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're thrilled about that. And um, I get to be a, a writer and a speaker and a teacher. And it is just amazing. I love being able to do what I do and, and being able to um, also be the kind of mom I want to be. And yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I run a ministry called Million Praying Moms, where we teach moms to make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of motherhood. And that has been one of the biggest gifts of my life, being able to do that. So I love it. Okay. And then it was cracking me up that Stacey mentioned Twitter. Because I'm like, <laughs> wait, did we do that? Is that where we communicated before? Yes, that is so... Do you like, remember Twitter parties? We did Twitter yes. parties. Do you remember them? I like this is all like flashback. Like I, I totally it is. forgot all these things. You know, I, fact, yeah, I, I love Twitter and now I hate it. I really I I I don't like too. Twitter at all anymore. <laughs> I think I have like still 70,000 followers, but I never post on there. And even my proposals, I'm like, I'm not even putting these numbers in there because they look really good, but I don't even do anything on Twitter. So that's so funny that that's how we all connected and became friends. And yeah. Well, Back I have to day. also I have to say that one of the reasons I'm a writer is because of you, Trisha, is that you introduced me to my current agent, Janet, who's also your agent, I believe. And so um, you've just always been such a sweet and generous um, friend, just not only with sharing the story, but being part of this story that we're getting ready to tell as well. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm so grateful for you and the ministry you have. So thank you very much. Oh, and I remember where we were, like in that hotel lobby. Did, yes. I, did I send a message out like, hey, come meet my agent or something? Yeah. But you had already like started that process. You'd already emailed me before. So it wasn't okay. like a completely random message. Oh yeah. Cause I knew. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you got to meet my agent. Yeah. Okay. You, it was, but it was like a drop and run. It was like, here's some here, meet my agent. Okay. I've got to go other places. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember being like, oh, hi. Like it was so great, but it was so fun. And I was so grateful and it all worked out happily ever after. So it was, it was just a great thing. So oh, thank you. that is so cool. Of course. Well, I think both of you are amazing and this book is awesome and raveled and really your heart is for the weary mom and we're recording this on a Friday and I'm like okay this is the message I need for the end of the week so yes. so I'm gonna have you guys speak into my soul because <laughs> it's been a long week I launched a book I have a book deadline coming up you know then there's the homeschooling stuff I mean we all just feel that weariness so first let's, let's jump over to Brooke first why is your heart and Stacey's heart for the weary mom well I think the maybe the most basic reason is because we are weary moms. I mean, would you agree with that, Stacey? <laughs> I would give that a hearty amen. <laughs> I feel like that is a more spiritual answer to say amen, yes, please, yes, and amen. So really it is you coming out of your own weariness that you are able to to speak and know the heart of the weary moms. And I think that really, I mean, as writers, we – want to connect to people's hearts and so if we're going through it with them and we're in the middle of it then we really have the messages so um i know that you uh, the two of you really have a heart for the mom so if they're thinking about a book and they're wanting to get some encouragement why do you hope that the messages from this book will really help them 
Hmm. Well, I'll take that one. Um, this is Stacy. I, I feel like one of the things about this book is that we're just super honest. And not only are we telling you where we're, we struggle still with weariness, but from, you know, even chapter one, which I will let Brooke speak to in a moment, um, because it's super special. And we just are, we're just honest. And this was not something I, previous to writing this book, this was not something that was normal for me mm. to just be vulnerable and say, Hey, you know what? I'm not doing well in this. I'm weary. I'm, I think I used the words um, that started this whole story of fresh out of amazing. I am not doing great. Yeah. I do not have a handle on this mom thing. Like I'm struggling. And it was really the first time that I kind of like raised my hand or we said, waved the white, white flag and said, Hey, I'm, I'm weary. And so the reason I would want a mom to pick it up is if she wants to read real moms who are really struggling and reaching for hope. And what God really did in the midst of that was show me that number one, I was not alone. Cause I think a lot of times as mom, we think, Oh, we're the only ones going through this. We're the only ones who are truly alone. And we're, we're the only ones that are weary because it looks like everyone else. I mean, I mean, do you agree? Like you get on Instagram or you're on social media or even at church. Let's just talk about church. The moms show up and their kids have perfectly done hair. They match, you know, <laughs> they're, they're present. They have Bibles in their hand. I mean, we were lucky in the years past to get out the door with, you know, shoes on. So I just felt like everywhere I looked, every other mom seemed, and that's the operative word, seemed to have it all together. And so I think I would want a mom to pick this up who was just really thinking maybe maybe she was the only one, but mm-hmm. from the very beginning, she's going to realize um, that she's not alone in this. I love that so much. I remember when we moved to the South, so I grew up in California, moved to Montana, we moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and I started going to Bible study, and everyone had their kids in these little outfits, like the little <laughs> dresses and the ruffles and the bows in their hairs, and they and they looked like they just stepped out of catalogs, all the moms, and I remember waking up and thinking about Bible study and just, like, thinking through what I was going to wear. I'd be so stressed out because, you know, Montana, that we just showed up in our, our jeans and our dirty boots, and we were totally <laughs> fine. And it, it, like, hit me, like, why am I so worried about this? And I think we do. We always are comparing our weaknesses to someone else's strengths. And thankfully, like, not everyone, once I started looking around, not everyone was dressed like that. But it was just, like, me thinking everyone was dressed like that. But I know you mentioned, Stacy, chapter one. And Brooke talks about when your weakness is all that you can see. Mm-hmm. And I think we are so good about, like, oh, look at her and look at her strengths. And then when we look at ourselves, we just see our weaknesses. So, Brooke, I would love you to share more about that. Yeah, I think this, for me, this comes from a place of being a generally high achieving person Mm. in the sense, like I always was able to work really hard to get what I wanted in life. In fact, and I've told this story before, but I think it it still applies. Like when, when we were pregnant with our first son and we found out that it was a boy, I checked off the next to last goal that I had for my life at that time. And I was 27 when I gave birth to him. And like, I really, I I had this list of things that I Mm. wanted to do with my life. I was just this very goal oriented person. That's the way I was raised. I, you know, I used to have conversations with my dad and we would, we would talk about my goals for my life and not just my goals, but how I was going to get there. I mean, I, I really had a plan for almost everything. And that included the kind of family that I wanted. I actually prayed and asked God to give me boys. And so when we found out that our first son was a boy, I was like, okay, check, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I got that one as if it had anything to do with me at all. But, right. but still <clears throat> that's what I did. And so 
um, it didn't take long uh, when our second son was born 23 months later for me to realize that motherhood was not going to be another one of those things that I could just easily check off my list and make it happen the way I wanted it to happen. And so uh, God, I always say God used motherhood to kick my feet out from under me in all the best ways. Like I look back now and I'm really glad that God showed me my weaknesses, but in the, in the moment, it was not at all pleasant, um, not in any way, but I'm so grateful because God uses our weaknesses to show us how much we need him. Mm-hmm. And as we look around at, at, you know, it's not even just that we need him, Tricia, it's that we need other people as well. It's, it's kind of an issue of the body of Christ, if you think about it, right? Like we're not, we, we are not all gifted the same way. We don't all have the same strengths and we need each other. We need God, not just for salvation, but for every part of every day. But we also need other people to come alongside us and and fill in gaps. And I think in today's world, we believe or we have a tendency to believe that we should be able to not have any gaps. Like we're not supposed to need God. Like we know we need him for salvation, but we really don't want to have to need him on the daily Um, because we want to be able to do it ourselves. And we don't necessarily want to admit that we need other people's help because we're supposed to, you know, we live in a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of um, society. But I have found, and I know that Stacy would agree, that when I let go of that and just pull back the curtain and say, you know what, everything is not fine when i when i boast in my weaknesses like the apostle paul taught us to do in second corinthians that's when i find that the strength of god is made perfect in me and after having tasted that over and over and over again in my almost 17 years of of motherhood now i don't even want to function in my own strength anymore i want more and more of god's strength because it is so much better yeah and it's almost like god loves us so much that he gives us these children <laughs> that are going to be more than <laughs> yes. we can handle and that we yes. feel unraveled. And I felt that way, especially adopted, adopting the preteen and the teen girls. Like even with our three biological, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm such a good mom. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm writing books <laughs> and taking care of these kids. And then we had little kids and yeah, they're a lot of work, but you know, I was still managing. And then God's like, here you go. Here's mm-hmm. teenagers. And they're most days not going to like you very much, at least for a while. And I was like, mm-hmm. what in the world? But God loved me enough and he loved Stacy enough and he loved Brooke enough that he's mm-hmm. like, I want you to have more of me. And if this is what it's going to take, which again, children are a lot of work and then they're, they have their own minds and they have their own wills. Um, but it leads us to our knees and it leads us before God and it leads us to surrendering ourselves where we can't do it and we do get unraveled and we do get to the end of our ropes so that so that we can lean on God even more and um you know I think we don't like to be there but Mm. then like you said looking back you're thankful that that that's what it took to lead you to God so I I would love to hear um Stacy talking about that too because you know I think one of the things I love in the book is it talks about one of the quotes that's great is he can redeem even our deepest, darkest, most daring mistakes until they're more beautiful. And if anything can bring out our mistakes, 
it is parenting. So Stacey, I would just love for you to share just a little about what God has done and taught you in this process. A hundred percent. I have to give all credit for that quote to Brooke. That is a Brooke quote. Um, but I would say, you know what? Um, motherhood um, is so revealing. And I think, you know, for some, for some listeners, it may not be parenting. It may be their job. Mm-hmm. It may be their marriage. It may be a difficult friendship. You know, it's not always motherhood. I, I fully understand that. Um, and I think for, if it is motherhood, it's generally just like you said, Trisha, it's at different points. Right. And for you, it was, um, through adoption for me, it was really adding a fourth child when I, you know, I kind of, I remember, but even before that, when we had our third daughter, um, I remember struggling like to get back into the swing of things after she was born in this sweet mom who had many more children than I did. Um, I, she was like, how's it going? And I said, you know, it's harder. Like it's a, it's not just like one person harder. Like I feel like it's like 10 times harder. And she's like, Oh honey. She's like, it gets harder with each child. Like it just gets harder. And I was like, really? You know, (laughs) I didn't even like understand that. And so it was just the grace that she gave me in, in the moment to just take a deep breath and say, okay, this is raising kids is hard. It's just, Mm -hmm. it is hard work. And just like you said, because it's a whole nother person, um, hello, their sin meets my sin in this perfect storm. Right. And I think for me, um, I I think in the moments, here's what I found with my kids is I'm by nature, a people pleaser. So I like people to like me And, Mm -hmm. and guess who I really want to like me. Like I really want my kids to like me. Yeah. Like, I want them to think like, oh, the best mom. She is amazing. She is super mom. Like, that's what I, I want them to think I'm the best mom in the world. Like, of course. And I want to get it right with them. But I realized very quickly that the people that had the front row seat to my unraveling were my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I struggled with that in, in wanting to even own it up to them to say, you know what? Um, I don't do this perfectly. And I do need Jesus. But in that process, when they hear me have those conversations, because they're generally out loud, like I remember when the girls were little and they're not little anymore, but, and I would bathe them and I would have these, I would sing, like, I remember I would sing Sweet Low Swing Chariot. Like when I would get really frustrated, I would just like start belting it out. (laughs) And the girls knew, like, if that's what mom is singing, this means we probably should pipe down a little bit. But I just remember like singing these crazy old hymn songs, you know, just just kind of settle my soul. Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) It's great. I I will resist (laughs) jumping into that song. But for me, I would have to just say, hey, girls, you know, um, mommy just blew it. Like, I lost my temper. I'm sorry. But for them to have a front row seat to see me reaching for Jesus, to see them um, watch me um, admit that I don't have it all, what I hope Maybe, maybe they don't think I'm a perfect mom. And maybe when they talk to their friends about, you know, we're lucky to get out of the house on time kind of thing, maybe they see, but you know what? My mom needs Jesus. Mm. And someday when they hit the thing, which may not be mothering, it may be something else for them. They're going to go, you know what? What I saw in my mom wasn't her being awesome and amazing. It was her leaning and trusting in Christ to provide everything that she needed. That's what I hope my kids see in me. And that's the win. I mean, I get to be super living, super honest and unveiled in front of them and all the worlds as it is now that we have it in a book form. But my hope is that when they get to that point, they have at least an example of someone who reached for the hope that is found only in Christ. That is so good because our kids do see. And uh, I remember, especially when I was writing the grumble for a year and we were trying to go a year without grumbling, um, I got really tired of apologizing all the time for my grumbling. And I had to go to them over and over again. And so, you know, when the kids, the people like, how did you go a year without grumbling? They're like, well, mom was grumbling the most. And I'm like, yes, yes, I was. But 
I learned to apologize and I learned to control my tongue and I learned to, you know, turn to God. So I love that our kids see us in our weakness, but then I love what you're saying, Stacey, that they see us turning to God because someday we're not going to be there. I mean, I already have adult kids. You both have, you know, I mean, Stacey's adult kids and teens and Brooke teenagers, that, but someday they're going to be out of the house and they're going to be facing hard things. And we want the example of, oh, you know, we don't want to be like, oh, my mom always did everything perfectly and what's wrong with me? But instead, wow, my mom really turned to God when she messed up. And I think that can just give us so much hope that to know that we're not going to do things perfectly as a mom, but we can turn to God with our messes and ask him to help us and ask him to fix it. And, um, you know, when we are walking with God, I mean, that's the example that we want to have, that we can have this daily walk with God. So as you're, as we're talking about all these things, um, Brooke, and, you know, we, I think when we first met, we had little kids. Well, I yeah. probably had some teenagers, but you, know, you guys had little kids. <laughs> mine were very, yeah, mine were very little. Yeah. And so what do you think, um, like, moms now, do you think there's different challenges than when we were having these oh. types of conversations like 15 years ago? Yeah. You know, I here's here's what I would say to that, Tricia, and there may be more to it than this, but this is what pops into my head at the same time. I know that for me, one of the biggest stressors that I have in my parenting of teenagers right now is the whole device, like the the social media stuff mm-hmm. and all that. You know, when I'm a 90s girl and I was raised in the 90s and many of my challenges that I faced growing up are the same kind of, uh, at the heart level, are right. the same kind of challenges that my kids are dealing with. But here's what I think is different. The, like the the shoots of those heart issues, the 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 way that they flower out, like they have way more opportunity or different opportunities to get entangled in things mm-hmm. than I did when I was their age. And so I think because of that, because my kids are quite literally dealing with situations in a way that I never dealt with them, I don't always know what to do. I don't always know exactly what the right answer is because I did not have a cell phone in my back pocket when, when I was, you know, 17 years old or, or whatever. And so I do think that there are definitely some differences um, that we're having to deal with. There's lots of great help out there for, for parents to know, you know, to get information on it. But I, I definitely do think that, that part of the stress and weariness of being a mom today is just not necessarily knowing exactly what to do in each situation. And, and I would say for me, you know, when I find myself in that situation, um, I turn immediately to prayer and Stacy mm-hmm. and I talk a lot about prayer in, inside of unraveled and just how that has ministered to us. And, and, um, you know, God wants to partner with us. I think, I think so many moms feel like they're alone in this. Like they, you know, not, not that they're a single mom, although there may be single moms that are listening, but they're, they're alone in the sense that they don't feel like they have the wisdom that they need to raise their kids. And that can be, that can be one of the, the, the most difficult forms of weariness that there is, is to feel helpless. Like you don't know what to do. And I find that, you know, for me just saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I mean, the, the, the bottom line is that scripture tells us that God will give us wisdom. So I would just say, if there's a mom listening right now, 
who finds herself in a situation where she doesn't know what to do with a situation that her child is encountering, God says mm-hmm. he will give you wisdom. You have to ask for it, but God says he will give it. In fact, the scriptures say that he'll give it liberally. And so get in the habit of turning to God and partnering with him in your parenting and asking him for the wisdom that you need. There are other things that can make us weary. There's all kinds of different things, I think, that can that can go toward that. But for, for that one piece, um, I have just found that partnering with God in prayer has, has lifted so much of that because I believe that God knows what my kids need and there has never been anything. I had to pause for a minute because I wanted to think, like, really, am I really going to say anything? Mm-hmm. But there has not been anything that I have asked the Lord for wisdom on that he has not been faithful in some way to give it to me. Yeah. And I mean, he's not surprised by all this technology that that is going on that we are just baffled by. And, you know, I raised three kids to adulthood and I think my second oldest got a cell phone with texting when she was in high school. Like that's as far Mm -hmm. as it went. And now, you know, there's an 11 year old saying, I want a cell phone. And I'm like, no, you're not going to have a cell phone. Like with all the things, but I mean, it's also just such a challenge to be on top of it all. My husband is in cloud security. Like he does security for his job. And one of our teenagers figured out every single way to get around all the mm-hmm. apps oh, and smart. all the things. Yeah. They're I smart. mean, she figured out if you, before it's shutting down, if you get something else, it'll like take you into this other mode where she could get around stuff. And I'm like, if you would focus that much on your schoolwork, like you would be like <laughs> yeah. have your PhD by now. Like just how do you come up with that? And they are there. They are so smart and there are so many challenges, but I love how it's like, okay, but God, like God can help us. Mm-hmm. God can give us the wisdom. And one thing that I've learned over the years is to take time to stop and pray because mm-hmm. you know I just want to jump into consequences and I want to take the phone away for six months and I want to like <laughs> yeah. just go to the extreme where and I don't need to give them an answer tonight like I could say tomorrow afternoon we'll talk with this with that and just have time to pray and to think things through and my husband actually is so much better when I talk with him he's more logical and I'm like emotional like we just need to throw away all the cell phones and all the electronics (laughs) well I think you've you hit on something really good Tricia and that is it kind of relates back to what we were saying before where you were talking about having to apologize to your kids over Mm -hmm. and over again Mm -hmm. there is nothing wrong with our kids knowing that we don't know what to do yeah or that we don't have all the answers in fact like I, I always, I had a discussion with someone when my kids were really young and she questioned me. I, I think I was talking in Sunday school about how um, I had, I had sinned against one of my kids and I felt like I needed to go and, and apologize and ask for forgiveness. And she was like really a- affronted by that. And she said, why would you ever apologize mm. to your child and ask for forgiveness? Like you are the mother, you are in charge you should never apologize to your kid. And I was like, okay, what do I do and say here? Because I think she's really wrong. And, and I said, you know what? The position that I take on that is that I just want my kids to know that their mother needs Jesus Mm -hmm. and that I am not doing this by myself, that I am partnering with him and that I'm trusting him to lead me on these, you know, on whatever it is. And if I mess up, I need to be, I need to ask for forgiveness. And it's setting the tone for that in your home if you'll do it first. And so 
you know, I, I just think this is a, there's nothing wrong to, 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 you know, link it back to what you just said about waiting for a minute for your husband. There's nothing wrong with saying to your child, I, mama needs a minute. Mama needs right. you to give her a minute or a day or a couple days, whatever you need to do. I don't have the answer to this. I don't know what the right answer to this is, but I'm going to get there. So give me a couple days to figure this out and then we'll circle back and come back to it because that's reality. The reality is you don't always have the right answer in the moment. And that's setting a great example for your kids that it's sometimes better to just pause and say, Lord, I need you to help me with this. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we are so, at least I am emotionally like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this just happened or the situation came up with our kids. And when our emotions are involved, we're not turning to God. Like we're not thinking through exactly. things. We're not talking um, to our husband. And I think our emotions are involved because we're thinking, okay, not only, okay, did they get around these and they maybe got on some app we didn't want them on, but now they're going to be delinquent. And I mean, our minds just will continue to go down that it path. Does. And it reminds me of something that like uh, Stacy talks about, which the phrase I always think about with Stacy is just fresh out of amazing. Like we mm. want to be amazing all the time. Like we want to have all the right answers in the moment and have our emotions controlled. And sometimes when we're in these situations, we're fresh out of amazing. So Stacy, I would love you to talk about that too, because we try to pretend like we have all our act together and we know the perfect answers always. But like you say, sometimes we're fresh out of amazing and we just don't know what to do next. It's exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> it just is. And I think, um, I think one of the things that, um, through this journey with writing and speaking and talking about hope for the past 10 years, um, has reminded me that, um, that that burden is not something that God puts on me, mm. um, is that, um, again, when you stop and you seek the Lord and you ask for his help, that he is, you can never out need what he can give you. Like you can't, like, there's never a moment when I need hope in my life that he's like, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't have wisdom. I don't have hope for you. I got nothing for you. Like there's never a moment. And I remember when, what really birthed this whole journey was uh, me just coming to the end of myself and, and just I, my, I think my husband was in a foreign country working and I had kids who were needy and the baby was not sleeping. And then there was a hurricane coming. Like it was hilarious. At some point I was laughing at, and then I started crying. And when I finally said, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm not doing well. He said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been witnessing this whole thing going on. I've been witnessing the unravelings, Daisy. And um, when I just kind of cried it out and I had my moment, I just, the Lord was like, I've been waiting for you here. And I've been waiting for you. And Brooke says this, I think we've talked about this too, is that, you know, we all have our breaking points and we all have some you know, we're all capable. We're all made in God's image. We all have strengths and those strengths are great. And we should use those and we should lean into those, but we should not resist our weakness because someone might think less of us. Um, that's where that strength and that, that, that power of the Lord shines through. And so I know in those moments when, when I'm super honest, I think what we're facing really in our family right now is they're just, they're, my girls being that they're older have much bigger problems. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, when they were little, I could be like, oh, let's schedule a play date with a new friend. You know, I could do things and not to minimize that. Um, but right. now it's like, we're making life decisions. We've, we've faced things as a family in the past five years that are 
life and death situations. And my girls have seen things since we originally wrote this book that most adults wouldn't choose to see or walk through. And I have had to look at them at many times and they ask tough questions. And I've had to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't have an answer for you, but we're going to trust the Lord. We're going to, we're going to look at where we've been. We're going to, we're going to trust that he's been faithful in the past. We're going to look where we are right now and say that we have everything that we need right now. And that we're going to trust in the days ahead that he's going to show up because he always has, whether that's me not being able to answer a question about a friendship issue or whether that's, I don't know what to do with my life because I don't know what kind of job I want or whether that's, um, I, you know, I'm battling a chronic illness, whatever it is in my kid's life, you know, I wish I had all the answers, but I think the exhaustion level is compounded when I think I do, or I keep going as if I do when all the while God is holding out this hope to me to say, you know what? You don't have to carry that burden on your own. Give it to me, ask me. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have the ability to walk through things that obviously would crush me personally, individually. Um, but then, then when my girls are walking with that ticket, we're walking with that together as a family, um, then we get to say, wow, look, look what God did. You know, look yeah. what he did in our lives. That's that's the blessing of it. Um, and that's what, when you come to that point, God says, this is what I'm going to do with your with your moment of unraveling for sure. Yeah. Can I just add something to yes, that please real do. quickly? I, I would just say, Stacey, I, I want to, again, if I could just speak to the mom who might be listening right now and just say, if you are holding on to trying to do everything in your own strength mm-hmm. and, and, and you're feeling crushed by it, mama, I just want to tell you, like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Give it to the Lord because it is so much better to have him walking beside you, carrying your burdens than it is for you to be trying to carry them all by yourself. I just, I just want a generation of moms to get that because they are being told that they should be able to do it all and carry it all and hold it all and keep it all together. But mama, you are not the one who holds it all together. God is the one who holds everything together and he's holding you together. And I think just realizing that mentally and emotionally and and in your heart, realizing that you're actually not the one that's holding it all together. It feels like it a lot of times. And I know, I know because I am a mom that there are a lot of things that we are responsible for. And I'm not trying to say that we don't have to, you know, do take care of our families or, or whatever, but God is the one, if God lets go, that's when it falls all apart. But God is not going to let go because that's not who he is. So I just wanted to speak to that mom right now and just say, let it go because it is so much better on the other side. So good. And I think part of it as I'm listening to both of you is that we feel like we have to be amazing for God too. Like we don't humble ourselves because I don't know, at least for me, I want to like do everything good for him. I want to like, write words that are going to impact people for him. And I want to raise these kids for him. And I want to do all these amazing things and live this amazing life. And I want to almost prove myself to God too. Not only do I want to prove myself to other moms, prove myself to my husband, prove myself to my kids. I want to prove myself to God. Like, look at me, look what I'm doing. And I think it's only when we get to the end of ourselves. I remember like having those moments with the piles of laundry, the kids running around, the attitudes in the house and me crying out like, I can't do this. And God's whisper is, yes, and I love you just as much. And it was just that moment like, 
oh, wait, like, I don't have to have all the kids being obedient and me, my attitude being perfect and me doing everything right for you to love me. And so I think the core of all of this is that, that we want to do these things for God instead of just really being able to humble ourselves and come to him and accept his love, even in our unraveling and even in our weaknesses. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Tricia. I want to say, um, too, is that so often um, we resist that. um, And as just to echo what Brooke said, is that it's in that moment of release and Mm -hmm. surrender um, it's, it's ra- rarely, be- rarely pretty, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's productive. Um, and I think, um, we all, we all have our different breaking points and that's fine. And so there may be moms listening, being like, nope, I'm good. I got this. But here's what I also know is that maybe, maybe you're not in a season of unraveling, but I would, I would be willing to bet you have someone in your circle of friends who is, mm, that's good. I would be willing to bet, you know, a mom who's just barely getting by. And I would be willing to bet she's, she's about to break wide open. And so if you are in a season where your things are going smoothly and you're winning every day, I'm so happy for you. We need you in our life. (laughs) We need friends like that. But I would just be willing to bet there's a mom in your circle who's struggling. Mm, So good. All right. So let's end this with hope. Um, Mm. So I'll start with Stacey and then Brooke will go to you. Um, What what do you want to offer moms that are listening when it comes to hope? Well, one of my favorite things we one of the things we've added to this um, this book is a chapter at the end called Ten Things We've Learned About Hope." Over the years, we just, mm-hmm. these things have kind of bubbled up in our lives, um, and we've learned. and um, And Brooke kind of alluded to this, but Romans fifteen thirteen um, really talks. It's a blessing, and um, it, it says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." Um, just kind of along the lines of what we were talking about. First of all, God is the source and author of hope. Um, you don't have to create it. You don't have to, you know, it's not a wish or a sprinkle of, you know, magical fairy dust, as we like to say, um, that hope is a person. Hope is sourced mm-hmm. in God. And so he's the author. And, you know, we all love that word because we're all authors, but he, he he's the source of hope. And so it doesn't come from you. It comes from him. But the beautiful thing is, is he wants to fill you up over and abundantly of overflowing with hope. That's, that's his measure is more and more and more. How do we get that? Well, it's through belief. We stir up our belief through the word of God and prayer, um, through the power of the Holy spirit. Like it's, it's a beautiful relationship. So at the end of the day, how do you get more hope? It's, it's your relationship with the Lord. It's, it is, it does. It, it may seem like adding to, maybe it is in some ways, um, but it's it's spending time with him, getting to know him. And the more you lean into that relationship, hope will overflow in your life and you will know, hey, this isn't from me. This is from him. So I, the, what I would love to leave a mom with is just like, um, though today might be hard, um, that in in the Lord, in Christ, your hope can and will abound as you trust in him. So good. Okay, Brick. Yeah, Stacy, that was so good. Thank you. I feel encouraged. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> I know for me, uh, in the beginning, um, I mentioned, you know, earlier that I was such a do-it-myself person. And and I think for me there was this disconnect where I knew I knew who God was. I knew that God was capable of snapping his fingers and changing or fixing my mess right? Like God can do that. that. That's the God we serve. He can do that. He can, and sometimes does. 
change things in an instant on behalf of his children. But I don't think that that is the the more consistent message that we see throughout scripture. What I see more often is that instead of just snapping his fingers and fixing the mess, more often God gets in the mess with us Mm. and walks us through it. And, you know, it depends on, it depends on who you get to first. One of the two of us is probably going to mention Romans five. Um, but, but I'll, I'll say it since Stacy didn't <laughs> and that it, I'm, I'm speaking of Romans five. I, I firmly affirm that it's, it's a yes. good one. So go, you go, go right ahead. I actually was thinking of that earlier thinking, Oh, hope Brooke mentions that. Cause this yes, is, this one is of the one two of, of us will mm-hmm. grab it. But, um, three it's, it's uh, Romans five, three through five. It says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance And endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm. God gets in the mess with us and it's the way that he produces hope in us. Hope is not, you know, I'll, I'll use another one of Stacey's beautiful quotes from the book. Hope is not a wish. And it is not a sprinkle of magical fairy dust. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And when God, when you sometimes want, maybe even right now, you just want God to to sprinkle some of that magic fairy dust on your mess and make it better. Remember that this has purpose and that he may not snap his fingers and get you out of it immediately, but he wants to give you more of himself yeah. in the process. And that's where the hope is. He is doing a work in you and in your family. And he is producing hope in you. And I just find that that's so much more often the way that he works. Oh, I love that so much. I think that's a, a perfect way to end it too, is just let him in. Like that's what we've been saying mm-hmm. this whole time, just let him in, connect with him. And I love, he wants to be they're in our unraveled mess with us that we don't have to clean up. We don't have to perform, but he just wants to pour his love and his hope into our hearts. So good. Okay. Again, the book is unraveled hope for the mom at the end of her rope. Um, so I would love each of you to share where people can connect with you. And then one of you to share just where they can find the book, which is Usually where books can sold. Yes. Wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold, I'll start. Um, You can find me at stacythacker.com and I'm also on Instagram at stacythacker or if you're a Facebook girl, official stacythacker is the other place to find me. And you can find out more about me at millionprayingmoms.com and I am an Instagram lover as well at millionprayingmoms and on Facebook at millionprayingmoms. And yes, you can find the book wherever books are sold, so. (laughs) thank you well thank you ladies this was so encouraging i know i am feeling full of hope more than when we started our conversation so you did your good work today (laughs) (laughs) me too me too trish it's always good to talk to you thanks so much for for having having us us. thank you Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.